listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. This whole month, we're going to deal with praise and worship, how we can connect to God in such an incredible way. And we called this series Behind the Music for this reason, because praise and worship is more than just a song that's accompanied by music. Come on, it's more than just accompanied words. Praise and worship is a lot more than that. We believe it's strength for the believer. It's the means of great breakthrough for your life. New beginnings, healing, deliverance in your life. In fact, I believe and the Word of God tells us that the sky is the limit when it comes to truly praising and worshipping God. And Satan knows that. I said Satan knows that. And we're going to talk about that in a greater depth today. But I want to read a verse that I believe sums up this whole series. And it comes from Psalms 150 verse 6. And it says these words. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Let me read that one more time. Come on, help me out with it this morning. Read it with me. Let everything that has breath. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Anyone in the house not have breath? Everyone's breathing, is that right? So the Bible says everyone, you know, I don't know about that praise and worship stuff. I don't know, you know, I don't get into that. Hey, the Bible says let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Well, yeah, that's okay. It just doesn't really mean me because, hold on, if you're living and you're breathing, God says it's time that we learn how to praise the Lord. I like that word, praise the Lord, could be said hallelujah. Hallelujah is praise to God. We praise God. Praise be to God. I have to ask myself when it comes to praise and worship, if we even come close to realizing the power of praise and worship. Do we really realize the power? And hopefully as we embark on this journey behind the music, we will discover the necessity of praising and worshiping God. And we'll break through previous mindsets and dispositions we had. I received an email once from a a sweet lady. I mean, she wasn't being offensive to me in any way. And she wrote me this email and she said, Pastor Philip, you know, I loved your church. I thought it was great, but I'm a good old Baptist lady. And she said, I just didn't get into the worship. She said, I struggled with all that praise and worship stuff. There was just too much energy. There was just too much noise. So as I'm reading that, I'm thinking to myself, so she's just saying there was too much life. 
There was just too much. You know, she said, I, I just don't know about all this stuff. It just wasn't right. I'd love your church if you just did this and you would just do that. And I began to think, you know, there was a lot of things that I could have replied that day. And I didn't want to be harsh because, you know, we don't want to just be aggressive with what we are. But there was a lot of things that went through my mind. And I had to ask myself this. Is her problem the fact that it's not right? Or is it the problem that it's just something that she's not used to? Is it wrong what we do? I don't believe it is. Because the Bible talks about a joyful noise unto the Lord. It doesn't say a quiet little, here we go, there we go, patter, patter, cat, pancake, let's go along. Whatever that was, I mean, goodness me. Where did that come from? I mean... But you know, it talks about expressive in our worship. In the Bible, it speaks about lifting our hands when we praise. It speaks about dancing. It speaks about joy. It speaks about having all these things that accompany our praise. And it's amazing, just because we're not used to it, or just because it doesn't feel kind of comfortable for us, we're so quick to say it's not right. And I don't want to be a part of that. And I began to think more and I thought, why is it that in everything else in our lives we want to progress, but church, we want to stay the same? We want the same things in church week after week, but yet we want the new stuff outside of church. Every other area of our lives, we want things up to date, but just keep church. Don't mess with it, just keep it the same. Come on, I've seen grandma with her iPhone. Anyone seen grandma with her iPhone texting away? She doesn't have that little turny dial one anymore. We've seen grandpa in his convertible, slick back hairstyle, cutting down the street. They want all the modern things. But when it comes to church, just leave my church. Just leave my church. It's amazing. And because of that, I believe it's affected and hindered church growth so much because we want things the same way. We want it always this and that. And if it changes, then it's wrong. No, it's not wrong. It's only wrong when it's not scriptural. I said it's only wrong when it's not scriptural. And we believe that praise and worship, glorifying, worshiping and praising God is very scriptural. And just because it may be new to you and it may feel a little bit uncomfortable, Remember, that doesn't make it wrong. And I don't know about you, but I want to be around life. I want to be around people that enjoy what they're doing. If you couldn't tell this morning that the band enjoy leading us in worship and praise, that they're into it, that they're excited about it. I mean, watch Roxanne on the keyboard if you're having a bad week, and that will pep you up. I mean, I love that. Come on, I mean, watch Trey on the drums. I think a lot of the times he forgets where he's at. He just zones out. and he's. I love that. Why? Because it's people who are into what they're doing. It's real to them. It's not just words and music. It's life. I said it's life. And I realize our church and our style of worship may not be everyone's flavor, and we apologize for that. However, we're going to be true to what God has called us to be. And that's what God has asked for every one of us to do. So there's life in praising God. There's life in worshiping Him. I want to quickly give you a list of what it's not. What praise in worship is not. The what it's not. Okay? Say that with me. What it's not. Wow, that's a mouthful right there, isn't it? What it's not. Okay, number one. Praise and worship is not just a few minutes to stall while all the latecomers arrive. 
We even start at 10 past 10 in here. Some people think, well, that's great. That's grace. No, that's not grace. That's lifetime. Don't think it's grace. You give me 10 more extra minutes in bed and I can make it here on time. We believe that praise and worship is not just a time to stall. It's not like the previews. Anyone been to the movies lately? It takes you 30, 40, 50 minutes to get to the movie. Why all the previews? They show more previews almost than movies now. And you don't even have to go and watch the movies. The previews are so long, you already know what's going to happen. You take five movies out in one showing. So praise and worship is not just a few minutes to stall while the latecomers arrive. Here's the second thing. It's not entertainment. Praise and worship is not a show. It's not just about talents and giftings that are being on display. Number three. It's not to be a ritualistic event. Meaning what? The same week in, week out, year in, year out, decade in, decade out. Praise and worship is something new. Praise and worship is something fresh. Praise and worship is something exciting. Here's the fourth part. And some of you may struggle with this. Praise and worship is not directly for you. It's not for you. Well, I just don't feel like praising God. I just didn't feel that praise. I just didn't feel that worship. Well, guess what? Praise and worship is not for you. I said praise and worship is not directly for you. Maybe indirectly because you're going to receive something from praise. But praise and worship is about giving glory to God. Well, I didn't feel that praise and worship. Well, guess what? It's not for you. It's for God. Number five, it's not wasted time. It's not wasted time. The largest book in the Bible is the book of Psalms. And the book of Psalms is a hymn book. A whole book about praise songs. It's not just wasted time. Number six, it's not hype. Praise and worship. I've been in a lot of churches and a lot of places where it's just hype. It's just noise. It's just trying to wile the people up and just get them going. No, that's not true praise and worship. It's not about hype. And lastly, it's not just music and words. You're going to hear that thought many times over this month. It's not just music and words. Praise and worship is more than that. So that, that's the what it's not. So let me give you a few what it is. Let me talk about praise and worship, if I may, this morning. The first thing about praise and worship is this. It's that which builds God a throne. Psalms 22 verse 3 says, You are inhabited in the praises of your people. Literally means that as we praise, we knit together, we build a throne. That God in all his glory and splendor and majesty can come down and he can dwell Within us. Come on, that's not wasted time when we're creating an atmosphere for God's presence and His power to come down in our midst. And we know that anyone who stood in the presence of God, their life was changed. As we praise, as we worship God, we're building Him a dwelling place, a place where He can come and He can meet our needs. Secondly, praise and worship is a weapon for our lives, it's a weapon. We're going to be talking about these over the next few weeks, about the power that comes when the people of God begin to praise Him. And it's not just any weapon. It's one of assured victory. Because as we praise and as we worship, it's literally spiritual warfare that takes place. Heaven is released into our world when we begin. Today, you maybe laughed and said, go into the left, then you go into... I mean, what's all this stuff? You know what we're doing? We're doing some spiritual warfare. We're stamping on the devil's head when we're dancing. We're saying, hey, you may have had my week. You may have got me down and 
downcast. But you know what? Today's a new day and I'm moving forward in God. It's spiritual warfare. It's a weapon for our lives. Here's another one. Number three, it's a vehicle. Not like a Toyota or a BMW. But it's a vehicle that takes us from where we're at into the presence of God. We've all had different weeks. We've all had different circumstances. We've all had things that we've been dealing with. But when we begin to praise, it's like we get removed from those things. We get taken from those things that it literally launches us into the presence of God. It moves us beyond our present circumstances and takes us into his presence. I think that's important. Because if not, how many came in here with things on your mind today and things in your heart? Come on, it's easy, isn't it? That when we begin to praise, our hands are up, but all our mind is thinking. What about this? What about that? But praise can be, as we enter into praise, it can take us beyond into the presence of one who can handle those problems and can take care of those things. Here's what praise is. It's all about him. I said it's all about him. It places the focus on him. He's the object of our faith. Thus meaning it's not how I feel. But it's given to praise to the one who's worthy to receive it. Number five, I love this one. And I can testify to this. It's life for the believer. It's been a lot of days I didn't know what to do. But as Mr. Arnold said today, I began to sing songs in the night. Come on, I began to cry out. And I can testify to what he said today. There were some times I could hardly even get the song out. There was hardly any strength. There was hardly even anything I knew to bring it out. But as I began to praise, it got stronger and stronger and stronger. And then I began to realize that God is right there with me. And he brought me through everything. Why? It's life for the believer. There's been times where I didn't know what to do and I threw my hands in the air and began to praise and worship God and says, God, you are the creator of the universe. God, you're the one who holds my life in your hands. You know my end from my beginning. And all of a sudden life flowed in. Hope came into that which was a hopeless situation. Come on, behind the music, it's more than just music and words. Praise and worship is scriptural. That's a good one. Come on, I said that's a good one. I mean, that's an important one. Don't you agree? That's an important one that it's scriptural. Whereas therefore, if it's scriptural, it means it's right. Psalms 111 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord with my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. And lastly, praise and worship is more than just music and words. It's a complete involvement and investing of one's life. So that's the what it's not and that's some of the what it is. And that's my intro. Now on to the message for today. The message for today is stolen praise. Behind the music, stolen praise. Say with me, stolen praise. Something that's stolen, in other words, is something that's taken by any means possible. Something that's taken that isn't yours. Something, if someone steals from you, they take something that is not theirs. We're going to be talking about stolen praise. From the very beginning of time, when the Bible says, in the beginning was God. From the very beginning of time... We see through the word of God 
that God has surrounded himself with praise. In heaven, as he sits upon the throne, the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 6, and you can read it for yourselves in verse 2 and 3, it talks about some created beings called seraphim. These beings are angelic beings. God created an angelic host. There are angels, there are archangels, there are seraphim, and there are cherubim. But these seraphim, this is really the only thing that is really listed about them. They're known as the burning ones. But these beings have six wings. Each one covering their eyes, their hands, their feet. Why? And what they're doing is they are flying around the very throne of God. 24 hours a day and all they are doing with their eyes covered and their feet covered and they're flying around the throne of God. All they are saying continuously is holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and ever will be. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God. I mean, can you imagine the throne room of God with these magnificent beings? that are flying around with angelic harmony, declaring holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. One person once said to me, well, doesn't that make God egotistical? I mean, doesn't that make God like egotistical that he creates something that all it does is worship him? I mean, in our human minds, we can jump to that conclusion so Easily. But all God wants is the attention. It's all about Him. No, it's not because He's egotistical. It just means that His presence is so awesome. His presence is so awesome that those around Him cannot help but praise Him for who He is. That when they walk in, there's something about that awesomeness of his presence. That people fall on their knees and they begin to cry out. Just like Isaiah cried out and he says, oh my. He says, I'm just wretched, I'm miserable. How can I, what can I do as he even just saw a glimpse of the throne room of God? It's not because he demands the praise. But it's literally because of the awe and the wonder that surrounds our God, that they literally praise Him because of His greatness. Why do we praise God? Not out of obligation, but we praise God because of His awe and His wonder, His great infinite wisdom and mercy. Praise is so important to God, and if it's important to God, I think it should be a priority or important to us. Look what it says in Ezekiel chapter 28. We'll read in verse 12 through 15. I'm actually going to come in halfway through verse 12. And it says this, You were the seal of perfection. You were full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. You were flawless. You were splendorous. You were brightness. You were in the Eden, the garden of God. And every precious stone was your covering. The sardius, the topaz and diamonds, the beryl, the onyx and the jasper, the sapphire, the turquoise and the emerald with gold. 
The workmanships of your timbrels and pipes was prepared for you on the day that you were created. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. You were perfect in all your ways from the days that you were created till iniquity was found in you. If you would look at the heading of that scripture in your Bible, it will make reference that this passage was written to the king of Tyre. A king of those times. However, Bible scholars, and I believe myself also, that there was no way that this description could be made of someone who was a created human being. Because the magnificence, the picture, the perfection had to be something greater than mankind. I believe this passage of scripture has reference to Lucifer, who was known as the morning star. The morning star. Look what it says. It says that your workmanships, you were created with timbrels and pipes. I want you to think about this incredible cherub, this incredible being that God created to be in his presence. That from that description, Lucifer was literally a walking instrument, that his very essence, his very being was timbrels and pipes, that he was an instrument of praise to God. That whatever he did, it was like a praise that went up to heaven as he moved. Have anyone ever seen those old shows with those one-man bands when they would move and you would hear the drums as they would move and the cymbals because they had something attached to their leg here and their arm here and all this. And when they moved, there was just a noise. It was like that's how Lucifer was. His very being was that he was literally a walking instrument designed to lead and orchestrate praise towards God. He was the worship leader of heaven. He was the choir director. He was over praise to God. But one day something took place. The Bible doesn't tell us how it took place. But it probably began with just a thought. That Lucifer's... Leading, directing, he's worshipping, he's praising from his very being and all of a sudden a thought comes across his mind. I don't have to send all this to God. I can start keeping some of this for myself. Instead of sending all the praise to God, he took it for himself. He stole praise. I said he stole praise. And ever since that moment, it's been his job to steal praise continuously in our lives, in our families, and all around us. He's been doing everything in his power to take away from God what is rightfully his. You see, praise and worship touches the heart of God. It reaches up to him. But how many times do we allow that praise to be stolen 
from him. Look what the passage says in Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12 and 13. It says, How you have fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, the day star, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you, are weak, you who have weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation on the farther sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. So he thought. That's what he thought he could be. But the Bible says that he was removed by God, that he was struck down to earth. You know, the Bible says in here that God will not share his glory with no man. Come on, the Bible says God will not share his glory with no man. What does that mean? When there's a praise that needs to go up to God, we better not be the ones that's standing in the way. Because if we are, we are stealing the praise from God Almighty. Don't take the praise and the acclamations for yourself. You send them up for God. But also don't let your praise be stolen as circumstances and situations come around you. Because God will not share his glory with no man. I'm going to make a statement today and I want you to think long and hard about this. Stolen praise was the origin of sin. Let me say that one more time. Stolen praise was the origin of sin. Why? Because if praise had not been stolen, Lucifer would still be the morning star. But because of stolen praise, Satan, the devil, our adversary was created. Someone perfect, but someone who wanted it for himself. And as a result of stealing praise, it was the beginning of, Beginning of the opportunity of sin in this world. Misdirected, misused. Praise removed him from God's presence. And since then, Satan has been doing everything within his power to destroy mankind and the world. And to try to steal the privilege and the honor from each one of us. That we have to worship God. It's amazing how we allow Satan to steal our praise and worship from God. Come and look at our circumstances around us. There's many circumstances that we can look at in our lives that we come to this conclusion. Bad God. Come on, don't be holy with me today. We get mad at God. Come on, anyone ever got mad at God? Right, everyone else who didn't put your hands up, we've got an altar call right now. Come and get saved. Come on, let me ask you again. How many have ever got mad at God? You maybe didn't say, God, I'm mad at you, but you certainly thought it. You certainly thought, bad God. How would you do this? How could you allow me? Come on, I paid my tithes. I did all this kind of stuff. But yet, I mean, come on, why did that husband leave me? Why did, that, why, why did this happen? Come on, God, what are you doing? It's amazing how those circumstances can steal our praise. Do I hear an amen? Amen. What about our pride? Our pride is a good one that will steal our praise. You know what? What about what other people will think? 
pride. Pride begins to say, well, I don't need... Pride was the result of Lucifer's fall. What about our time? We can turn around and say, I don't have time to praise God. I don't have time to give God. There's so many things that can steal our praise. I'm too tired. Always amazes me how people are too tired for church, but they're certainly not tired enough if someone calls them up and says, got an extra ticket for the game. Well, I was really tired and I just don't think I'll go. No, you're like, when are you going to be here? Five minutes, okay. And you're thinking in your mind, there's no way I can be ready in five minutes, but you don't care. You're going to be ready in five minutes. They call you up to church, no, I'm too tired. Can't be bothered to go there. Can't be bothered to give. It's amazing how quickly praise can be stolen from our lives. What about this? Some people are embarrassed. Well, what do people think? You know, we've shared this before and we've talked about it. And we're just family today. You know, people talk about, well, you know, when you start getting excited and you start praising God, you may sweat a little bit. May get some rings under the arms. Makeup may run a little bit. You know, here's my answer to that. You live in Louisiana, for goodness sake. I mean, you just walk outside and you sweat. Look outside and you even begin to sweat in Louisiana. You know it's hot. By the way, England's having a heat wave right now. Did you hear it? Seriously, heat wave, the hottest temperatures they have had in October. 85 degrees it was yesterday. The hottest it's ever been in England in October. They're like talking about, wow, it's absolutely incredible. I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> sure it is. By the way, the weekend, the weather has been beautiful. How many enjoying this weather? Fantastic. Can I tell you why we had this weather this weekend? Do you want to know why? Because I went camping Friday and I prayed, God, please, not 92 degrees in a tent. How many knows what I'm talking about? With three little kids, God, you've got to turn the AC up a little bit. So the reason you're enjoying this weather is because I went camping for Luke's birthday and God graced us with camping weather. Come on, there you go. Incredible. Can I tell you a story about camping? We're walking on this hike. Well, we, we tried hiking twice. This was the funny thing. We tried hiking twice. We tried hiking at 8.30 at night to go through the woods. I thought it would be really cool. I bought the kids flashlights. We're ready to go. thought it would be really cool to go hiking at night, go through the woods. Can I tell you, we didn't get from the back of the church to there before they were crying to go back to the tent. An armadillo ran out in front of us. They were like freaking out. So then like T, who's with me, he's like, Luke, your arm's right around my neck. And Luke goes, I'm just trying to protect you. I was like, yeah, right, sure. I'm trying to walk and I've got like three kids like stuck to me. I mean, it wasn't much fun, you know. But we went back the next day and it was fun when it was light. And I was trying to show them, see, there was nothing to worry about. It's the same stuff. But, you know, when they're kids, they're kids, you know. So that's how it went. So we came to this ditch and there was like a wooden plank across. So I'm, I'm looking at this thing and I'm saying, guys, this is really slippery here. You have got to watch. And can I tell you, my feet went out from under me and I fell so hard. My shoulder and my arm and all this side is still killing me. I'm telling you, it was a wonder I was able to praise God. But you know what? I said, Satan, you're not going to steal my praise today. Come on. I said, Satan, you're not going to steal my praise today. And I, I, I've been lifting this hand, even though it hurts a little bit and I've been stretching it a little bit. But I'm telling you, that was probably the hardest fall I have ever taken. And T's down there going, Pastor P, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. And one of the little boys, Jordan, was saying, Pastor P, just pray. Just pray. It's going to be all right. Just pray. And I'm like, just leave me. Just leave me a minute. I really thought, seriously thought I dislocated my shoulder. I fell so hard. 
and had mud all over me and stuff. But hey, at least they didn't fall. At least I took the fall from them. But it's amazing. The list can continue over and over. Back to the message, by the way. But the, the amazing how many times we can look and say, you know, because of me having fun on Friday and fallen, that it can affect my praise on Sunday. So many things that we can allow to steal our praise. And praise and worship is more than just music and songs. Can I explain something about church real quick? And that is this. Praise and worship is the only part of our daily service or our Sunday service or our Wednesday service that is for God. It's the only part of the service which is really for Him. Now you may say, well, what about giving testimonies and and paying your tithes and stuff? But really, giving testimony and paying your tithes is a form of praise and worship. I said it's a form of praise and worship is given to God. God doesn't get anything out of this time of the service. He doesn't get out of the preaching. Why? Because he's already said it all. We're preaching what? His words. Praise and worship is the time when God, when we truly give to God. And I wonder today when we had the opportunity to praise him today, how many of us allowed our praise to be stolen? Allowed our praise to be hindered? And happened. You know, the Bible also tells us that praise will be eternal. What does that mean? We're going to praise God forever. A lot of people just have this image of heaven that we're going to be singing songs, strumming our harps, and we're going to be playing for eternity. I don't know about the harp thing. I pray there's not millions and millions of harps in heaven. Do I hear an amen? I pray there's no accordions in heaven too. So there you go. Now the bagpipes, we could have a few of those. That's pretty cool. No Zydeco music in heaven, has that? I like Zydeco music. Anyone like Zydeco music? Kind of cool. Every now and again. Once a year. <laughs> but our praise is going to be eternal. It means that we're going to praise God forever. That when we're in heaven. Well, you know, we were talking about the presence of God, that people are worshipping God. You know, the Bible says that in heaven there's going to be no sun. Because there's going to be no need for light. Because the glory and the presence and the greatness of God is going to be so incredible that it's going to illuminate the whole of heaven. Can you imagine how awesome it's going to be to stand in the presence of God? How incredible, just the the glory and the awe. So really what we're talking about is we're just practicing down here for what we're going to be doing up there forever. It's time to take back praise. It's time to refuse to allow Satan to steal it from God any longer because stolen praise is affecting our lives. Someone who doesn't know how to praise God is someone who, number one, doesn't truly know God. Come on, you don't truly know God in His fullness. And secondly, they don't know victory in their lives. If you don't know how to praise God, you don't truly know victory in your lives. I didn't say it was going to make us perfect and put everything in place. But you know what? As we begin to worship, as we begin to praise God, it's literally like we take our hands off our circumstance and we say, God, can you handle it for me? That's what praise and worship is all about. I remember, and I've used this illustration before, Hannah was just really young. She was probably about three or four years of age. And Hannah and Brittany shared a room. They had bunk beds. Brittany was on the top. Hannah was on the bottom. Hannah loved to sing. Hannah would sing all the time. And it was cool. I I really enjoyed it, but it annoyed the fire out of Brittany. 
She had to share a room and Hannah would just sing and sing. And I heard them one day, Hannah's just singing away in the room. I mean, just singing her little heart out like a little angel. And Brittany's up on the top of that bed going, Hannah, for goodness sake, will you just stop singing? I'm tired of you singing. Can you just shut your mouth? And you know what they say when they're behind the doors? They probably said that S word, you know, that you're not supposed to say in the house. Hannah, just shut up. That's a no word in our house. We don't tell our kids to say that. But she was, just shut up, Hannah. And I could hear it go really quiet. Hannah, for the first time in her life, listened to Brittany. That's what I'm saying. So it went really quiet. And something inside of my spirit just really hit me hard. And I went into that room and I didn't reprimand Brittany because really what she had done was not wrong. But I looked at Hannah square in the face. I said to Hannah these words. Don't ever let someone steal your song. Because if they steal your song, they've taken your victory. I wonder how many of us, like blind Bartimaeus that we heard of last week, have allowed people to silence and say, just shut up. God's not even interested. He don't care. I wonder how many of us allowed our praise to be silenced. Come on, you cannot allow anyone... To steal your song. Come on, it's time to sing again. Come on, I said it's time to praise God like we've never praised Him. It's time to worship Him. It's time to release the power and presence of God in our lives. I love what it says in Hebrews 11 verse 21. It says that Jacob had just blessed Joseph's sons. And the Bible says that he leant on his staff. Worshipping God. Worshipping God. He leant on his staff, worshipping God. Back in those times, the staff that a man of God would carry, every encounter that he had with God, he would carve that encounter with God. And what he would do is he would hold that staff at the last meeting with God. And the Bible says that as Jacob leant on his staff, you know what that meant? He had come to the end of his life. He had seen the testimony of God carved throughout the entirety of the staff that now he was leaning on it. And you know what his testimony was? He still worshipped God because he remembered every struggle and every heartache that he had ever gone through. But he saw God, 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 God. God came through every time. That he could lean on that staff. He could look back at his life and say, God, you came through for me. Come on, we've got to praise him. We've got to worship him like never before. It's time to glorify him with your life. Look what it says as I get ready to close. Luke 19 verse 40 says, I tell you that if you should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Jesus has just entered Jerusalem. People are screaming, Hosanna, come Savior. They're worshipping him. They're waving palm trees. They're putting down their coats. He's riding in. There's a triumphal entry. And the religious leaders and the people around there are saying to Jesus, you need to shut these people up. Look at you taking all that praise. How dare you take that sort of praise? They told him, you need to tell the people to stop. Who do you think you are? And this is what Jesus said to them, paraphrased. He said, if these people won't praise me, 
He says, guess what? The rocks and the stones, they're going to begin to cry out and they're going to begin to praise me. Why? Not because I'm egotistical. Not because what? Not because I need it. But because the glory of who I am demands it. God's greatness is surpassable in every one of our lives. Satan knows he cannot stop praise. But he does everything within his power to try and silence it and to try and steal it. Come on, you've got to push through the limitations. You've got to push through every inhibitor. You've got to dare to begin to praise him. Why? Because it works. It's one of those things just like tithing. I'm telling you, it works. Come on, it's one of those things like tithing. I'm telling you right now, it works. As we put him first, as we give him the best, as we praise God telling you the sky's the limits of what can happen. Satan, at the origin of time, stole praise. And since that moment, he has done everything within his power to steal the praise for God since. Why do you think he's stealing praise? I'll tell you why. Behind the music, it's more than just words. Praise is life for the believer. I'm telling every one of you right now, you need to have a sanctuary of praise. I've got CDs in my car. I've got songs on my iPod. Nancy would tell you I play music pretty much constantly all day on my computer. It's worship. It's praise songs. Every day when I'm doing my messages, whatever I'm doing, I'm just worshiping and praising God. What an incredible atmosphere it is to live. That when I don't know what to do, I throw my hands in the air. It's sad to me that when people hit the hard times and the struggles, they run the opposite direction instead of running to the house. Come on, we've got to realize Satan's stolen our praise for the last time. Come on, we've got to realize there's got to be power. Because if he's after praise, if he's after that, there's got to be some power in it. And I'm telling you right now, it's life for your life. It's life for your family. It's life. It's life. And over this next month, along with Trey and Megan and others, we're going to be teaching you on the incredible aspects of praise and worship. Going to be teaching you about what it is that it's more than just words and music. But we're going to look behind all that things. And we're going to come back to the heart of worship. A heart of worship that says, God, it's all about you. You're going to have opportunities, I'm telling you, this week where you're going to realize and look and say, hold on a second, Satan, you're not going to steal my praise. Come on, you're going to realize there's times, wow, I've given in to that. Come on, it's time that I don't give in any longer. When circumstances and situations, Arnold could not have said it better today, during the night seasons. Come on, there's still a song of praise that wants to ring out during those times. Would you stand to your feet with me this morning? Stolen praise. Stolen praise. Satan desires to take the praise, to take that which is God's. We've got to turn around and say, enough is enough. Just like I told Hannah, I'm telling every one of you, don't let someone steal your song. 
I said, don't let someone steal your song. Because if they take your song, they've taken your victory. They've taken your victory. We're going to talk about how praise brings his presence. We're going to talk about how praise brings his power. It's incredible stories how people began to praise and God sent ambushes and killed those enemies around them. Why? Just because people began to praise. I'm telling you, there is nothing that is impossible for the people of God if they would just begin to praise God and begin to glorify God because praise takes the attention off of yourself and where you're at and it places it all upon God. It takes your eyes upon off the bills and the here's and the nows and the everything and places it all upon the one who is the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. The one who knows our end from the beginning. The one who is able to meet our every need. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.